A while back, I featured Jordan Monson on my podcast, who presented a particular view of Satan or the Satan in the book of Job. This view has been widely promoted by Dr. Michael Heiser, who some of you may be familiar with because of his hugely influential and successful book, The Unseen Realm. But his view is only one perspective on how to think about Hasatan and how to translate it in the Old Testament. The more traditional position deserves a thorough representation and defense, which I believe is more compelling. So to present this view, I asked Dr. Ken Birding to record an article he wrote on this issue. This is Working for the Word, and I'm Andrew Case. Here we go. I was invited to speak at a conference back in October on Bible literacy. It was the first meeting of what is called the Bible Literacy Coalition, which is a gathering with the purpose of addressing the freefall of Bible literacy in the U.S. that we're experiencing today and aiming to help people engage the Bible more deeply. My talk was about how making learning Hebrew normal for Christian discipleship is possible and can be a strong catalyst for building healthy biblical literacy. And our guest today, Dr. Kenneth Birding, was there. And I sat next to him during dinner one evening. So let me introduce him. He's a professor of New Testament at Talbot School of Theology and the author of various books. Some are academic books, such as Polycarp and Paul. Some are semi-academic, such as What Are Spiritual Gifts? Rethinking the Conventional View. Others are for the classroom, such as Sing and Learn, New Testament Greek. And still others are for the church, such as Bible Revival, Recommitting Ourselves to One Book. He's published articles in journals like the Journal of the Evangelical Theological Society and the Journal of Early Christian Studies. And He's the director of Bible Fluency, Sing It, See It, Study It, which you can check out over at BibleFluency.com. Now, before going to Talbot, Birding was a church planter, actually, in the Middle East, and he also taught at Nyack College, just north of New York City. He has a heart for God and ministry, has written many worship songs, and has served as a worship pastor in local church ministry. So without further delay, let's listen to what he has to say about Dr. Michael Heiser's view of the Satan in Job. Michael Heiser is probably wrong about Satan in the book of Job. He has done some good academic work during his career as an Old Testament scholar, and I will not hesitate to draw upon his insights in the future. But his view of the heavenly being labeled Hasatan, Hebrew for the Satan, in the book of Job is probably wrong. What I intend to communicate in this post should not be viewed as a general criticism of all of Heiser's work, nor do I mean to engage his publications broadly in what is, after all, only a blog post, nor have I read all that he has written. Rather, today's post should be viewed as one student of the Bible analyzing and gently criticizing one particular idea that has been widely disseminated by another student of the Bible. Such critique is necessary if we who love the Bible are to, quote, handle accurately the word of truth, 2 Timothy 2.15. Heiser, along with some other recent Old Testament specialists, 
claims that the character designated as Ha-Satan in the book of Job is not the same being we know as Satan or the devil in the New Testament. In his very popular book, The Unseen Realm, Heiser asserts that Ha-Satan is a title, not a name, that means adversary, prosecutor, or challenger. He claims that the title, quote, speaks of an official legal function within a ruling body, in this case, Yahweh's counsel, end of quote. He adds about Ha-Satan, quote, He is, so to speak, Yahweh's ears and eyes and ears on the ground reporting what he has seen and heard, end of quote. Heiser claims that Ha-Satan is, quote, not a villain. He's doing the job assigned to him by God, end of quote. In other words, Ha-Satan is a member in good standing among God's various heavenly attendants and functions in a role that is something like a prosecuting attorney. What arguments does Heiser present for this alternative view of the adversary in Job? Heiser's first argument is the claim that personal names in Hebrew do not include a definite article ha, roughly the. Thus, in Job, ha-satan cannot be a name, but must be a title. Here's my response. Even if we grant that ha-satan in Job is a title rather than a name, this does not necessarily entail that the being referred to is a different being from Satan. In Germany in the 1940s, someone who spoke of the Führer, German title for leader, would have been employing a title rather than a name to designate Adolf Hitler, but that doesn't necessitate that the speaker was referring to two different entities. And I would add here that there are other names or titles in the Old Testament that do have the definite article, but were essentially used as a proper name, such as, a very common one, Habaal. So Baal is a title, Baal, but most English translations translate it as a proper name, even in the 29 occurrences where it has the definite article. So to claim that something can't be a name simply because it has the definite article prefix is, in my view, too simplistic of an argument. It doesn't take into account how languages actually work. You have to look at how something is used in a language, in context, and translators have understood for a long time that haba'al is used in the way a proper name might be used, even though technically it is a title meaning lord or master, or in this case with the article the lord or the master. Now, in 1 Kings, you can look this up, 1 Kings 18.26, it explicitly says that the prophets of Baal called upon the name of Baal, which in Hebrew is Habaal, the Baal. So, they called on the name of Habaal. So, the author refers to it as a name, even though it has the article. Even in the Halot lexicon, they define Habaal, that is Baal with the definite article, simply as Baal, the individual in parentheses. So, quote, Baal, the individual. So, they define the Baal in Hebrew as a proper name. Heiser's second argument is that the book of Job does not connect Ha-Satan to the serpent in Genesis 3. Here's my response. 
This is an argument from silence. There is no particular reason why the author of Job would need to make this connection. Heiser's third argument is that he notes correctly in my judgment that in most instances where the word Satan shows up in the Hebrew Bible, it doesn't refer to the devil. Here's my response. True, but his comment is largely irrelevant to the question at hand. All but four of the passages in which Satan appears are in reference to a human who stands somehow in an oppositional relationship to another human, which makes those passages immaterial to the question of the nature of the spiritual being labeled Ha-Satan in Job. Finally, and number four, Heiser claims that since later Jewish writings, that is after the time of the Old Testament, before or near the time of the New Testament, portray Satan as a non-human entity opposed to God and God's people, this demonstrates that conceptual development and the direction of viewing Satan as a single God-opposing spiritual being occurred during the centuries after Job 1-2, Zechariah 3-1-2, and 1 Chronicles 21-1 were written. Here's my response. Which is more likely? That dramatic conceptual development occurred to such a degree that later interpreters fundamentally misinterpreted the Satan character in Job, Zechariah, and Chronicles? Or that later Jewish documents inherited and echoed an interpretive worldview already seminally present in Job, Zechariah, and Chronicles and added to that conceptual base? In other words, is it not more likely that the non-human Satan character was and always had been an evil spiritual being opposed to God and his deeds, and that later documents reflect and develop that reality? So to this point in my post, I have only negatively responded to Heiser's assertions. Are there positive arguments that Satan and Job is, as the traditional view claims, an evil angel opposed to God, his people, and his work? Here are five reasons for the traditional view. Number one, Satan appears to challenge God in Job 1, 9-11, and 2, 4-5. The tone of the challenge sounds different to me than the questioning of righteous sufferers such as one might encounter in the Lament Psalms, and which usually conclude with an assertion of trust. I doubt that a heavenly being in good standing with God could throw around such an accusation without losing his standing in God's court. Number 2. Satan attacks an innocent person in Job 2.3. In the traditional view of Satan, God sometimes permits Satan to do evil deeds, even to righteous people, because God has greater purposes that he intends. Note Luke 22.31 or 2 Corinthians 12.7. But in this newer view, God would have to be viewed as more directly complicit in the evil attacks against someone whom the book of Job describe as blameless and upright like in Job 1, 8, and 2, 3. Number 3. In Zechariah 3, 1 to 2, a passage that parallels Job 1 to 2 in many ways, the Lord calls out Satan with these words, quote, The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. These words of rebuke are not the words one would expect to hear God speak toward a valued and upright member of his heavenly staff. Number 4. The Apostle Paul, who quotes from Job elsewhere in Romans 11.35 and 1 Corinthians 3.19, appears to include a literary and conceptual allusion to Job in his comments about his thorn in the flesh in 2 Corinthians 12.7, all the while viewing Satan as an evil angel. 
Notice in this regard the repeated use of the word angelos in Job 1-2. Flesh in Job 2-4-5. The sting in the Greek version of Job 2-7. The shared theologies of suffering and, of course, the use of the word Satan. I will flesh out all of this and more in an upcoming academic book on Paul's thorn in the flesh. Number five, perhaps most importantly, Satan, also called the devil, is viewed as an evil angel opposing the work of God throughout the New Testament. This is clear especially in the Gospels, in the writings of Paul, and in the book of Revelation. Revelation 12.9 in particular identifies the dragon of Revelation as one and the same being as the serpent, who is also the devil, who is also Satan. Regarding this final point, Old Testament scholars who are methodologically committed to bracketing the New Testament while doing Old Testament theology might be forgiven for affirming this alternate view of the Satan character in Job, but it is much more difficult for a Christian student of the Bible, such as I am, to proceed in a similar manner. Heiser and other writers who promote this view isolate the New Testament authors, Jews who are so steeped in the Old Testament that they quote from it hundreds of times, allude to it hundreds more times, and exhibit hundreds more echoes reverberating throughout from the writings of the Old Testament. In conclusion, the traditional view of Satan as an evil angel opposing the work of God in the book of Job is more likely than the alternative view of Michael Heiser and others who promote similar views. Anyway, that's all for this week. A big thank you to Dr. Birding and make sure to check out the original article linked in the description, which has some footnotes you may find interesting. And don't forget to take a look at BibleFluency.com and Dr. Birding's other books and resources. And if you have a question or a comment, please feel free to write to workingfortheword at gmail.com. Working for the Word is a podcast where we believe the Bible is a unified, God-breathed, God-centered, hope-giving book, sweeter than honey, and pointing to Jesus. This podcast exists ultimately to help us treasure the Bible more, go deeper into it, and become like the man of Psalm 1. Psalm 1.